0: And welcome once again to another edition of the Hyperion Adventures podcast. I'm Tom. As always, I'm here with my wonderful wife, Michelle. Thank you, honey. Hello, everybody. So good to have you with us. We're recording this on Sunday, October 28th, 2018. Such a great day. If we sound a little worn out today, well, we have a good reason for that, and we'll get to that later in the podcast, but uh, we're just excited to have you with us.
1: Yes, I feel the same way, but I'm excited about doing the podcast and some great... Things that we're going to be discussing. I'm excited. Yay! It's Yay. a fun
0: day. It's a fun day. Uh, we appreciate that you found us today. In the future, you can find us on 1057max.com under the Max Plus tab as well as on the Max FM app. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and Stitcher. And we love hearing from all of you out there. You are all our Hyperion Adventures. Please contact us on social media. At, uh, on Twitter, we're at Hyperion Podcast. Facebook and Instagram, at Hyperion Adventures Podcast, And, of course, you can always email us, Podcast at gmail.com.
1: Yes, and we really do love to hear from you. So please keep sending us those things. We've really enjoyed the feedback that we've gotten so far and some very interesting things. Uh, things that have been shared with us.
0: Absolutely. You guys are all great. We love our whole Hyperion Adventurer team, our whole family out there. Uh, We love everything that you contribute. To the show, so lots of stuff today. As we talked about, we were out late last night. That's because we were at Tim Burton's *The Nightmare Before Christmas* live at the Hollywood Bowl last night, which was spectacular. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. We also have some details about a new Marvel-themed area that's coming to the Disneyland Resort. You may have heard about it. Uh, A possible reboot of a big Disney film franchise and the retirement of a Pixar legend. But our main topic of the week is, I am so excited about, I've been excited about this topic since like week three of our podcast. I've been thinking about
1: doing this, so this is going to be a lot of fun. Okay, but before we get into that, there's something I have to talk about. What's that? So, last week when we were talking about the holidays at the Disney parks, Uh and I was talking about at Walt Disney World, I heard back from one of our listeners in Michigan, and I wish we could go back and edit it, but, you know, I just, I didn't do right by those, it.
0: Those Michigan listeners, they're always a feisty group, you know <laughs> They're that? very attuned. They are
1: feisty. So, so I, I am embarrassed, so I I, I want to kind of reboot something that I talked about. So, here's what I meant to say, okay? Okay. If you're looking to be immersed in a great firework, laser, and movie clip show, be sure to catch the jingle bell jingle, wait for it, bam at the disney hollywood studios that's right jingle bell jingle bam is an amazing experience and a big shout out and thanks to listener rob for that yeah i think i owned it there right yeah that
0: was great that was great now he he did contact us and say you know if you're gonna sell the jingle ball jingle bam you gotta sell the bam and i think you accomplished that right there so good job by you. you and thank you rob and to all our listeners out there and Those feisty Michiganers out there. (laughs) I love it. Michiganites, Michiganers. I guess Rob will tell us. Right. Anyway, uh, that was great. I love that. Um, but let's get to our main topic. Like I said, I've been so excited about this since week three. I've been plotting this out for a long time. Uh, we are going to talk this week. It's going to be our guide to get you set for your Run Disney Race Day. As you may or may not know, this coming week, uh, coming up here, is the Wine and Dine Half Marathon Weekend. So it's kind of the kickback off of the Run Disney season. Yes, it's kind of the tail end. It is the last race, as a matter of fact, of the 2018 season, but I know always- see it because there is such a long gap between spring and fall as the beginning of the next season of Run Disney Uh, so and we love Run Disney so I'm excited for it I wish we were going to be out there so uh, I've been thinking about this for a long time we went back and of course you can go back several episodes ago it was episode four or five I believe when we did our uh, Run Disney training tips if you're building up to say, be ready for the Walt Disney World, uh, you know, marathon weekend, or whether it be the Star Wars or the princess, um, you can go back and get some tips here. But today, I'm going to give you some tips on uh, actual race day itself and how to be ready for that. And so uh, let's kick it off. I've been excited about this for a long time. So here we go. Here's the start of our Run Disney Race Day preparations. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. It's the 10 on Disney Race Day Commandments. All right. I love it.
1: Number one. <laughs> That's I've, awesome, I've been baby. so excited for that for the
0: longest time. <laughs> uh, as you may or may not know, as long as as well as Disney fans, we are also Hamilton fans, and yeah. so I've been thinking about this for a long time. So, yes, this is the 10 <laughs> Run Disney Race Day wow. Commandments. love it. Love and it. And we're gonna kick it off with, of course, number one, as we always do with our lists. So let's get it started. Number one in our Run Disney race day commandments, thou shalt not over imbibe. I'm talking about the night before. Oh. Do not overdo it before your race day. It's easy to do when you go to the parks. You can go out. It's You want to get out there. You're at Walt Disney World Resort. Back when they uh, had the Disneyland races, when they get those back, you want to get out there to the parks at Disneyland. But, you know, mellow it out. Keep it a little easy on the days of your race or before your race because it's easy to rack up those miles walking through the park, and you can wear out your legs before these races. Maybe keep it to a half day. Or keep it, uh, maybe just even go have a spa treatment or go and just sit by the pool. Keep your legs fresh. Also, there's a lot of great food out there at these resorts. (laughs) But make sure if you're going to go out there and get some of this food, make sure it's kind of the best stuff for your body before your race. Be healthier foods, something that's carb-friendly but also uh, won't weigh weigh you down the day before. But most importantly, the thing you got to do, the day before your race, is don't go crazy with alcohol. I mean, if if you go on – if you regularly run and you train and you have a drink or two the night before – Fine. That's fine. But don't go out to a restaurant, you know, decide to go crazy with the alcohol the night before you race because that will really be a big problem for you. Better yet, you know, just cut the alcohol out at Ooh. all if you can. You don't have to. Like I said, if you're used to training and you had a glass or two of wine the right. night before, do what you're normally doing. But just don't overdo it. It's easy to do at the parks. You're on vacation. You're having a good time. It's easy to fall into that trap.
1: Right. That makes sense. You know, it, you, know you, you can do that splurging afterwards as you sell. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's a really great point of, you know, taking it easy. You you do want to move around a little bit so that, uh, especially if you're flying in, you know, you don't want to be that you've just been sitting so much to have some time to go out and enjoy the parks and walk around. But yeah. that's a great point, do not to overdo it and certainly to be uh, in check with what your intake is. Yeah, the
0: problem is, I mean, you know, for normal, if you run races around your home or whatever, it's easy to, to, you know, not fall into that trap. But you're excited. You're at the parks. You want to get out there. You want to do this stuff. You want to eat the food. You want to go walk through the parks and ride the attractions. You want to have an extra cocktail or whatever. Just wait until after your race. Schedule a lot of your trip after your race and just sell it down to them. And believe me, your body will thank you for it on race day for sure.
1: Right. And, you know, you, you're, the time in your, that you would spend in the park is probably much more activity-driven than what you would do, normally do at home. So, yeah, that makes sense to really, you know, have some either time limit set or activity limit set. Absolutely. Sets. Absolutely. Good point. Thank you very much. On to... <laughs> thou
0: shalt fuel properly. This is very key to you. I just talked about food. You want to be careful with what the food you eat, but you should prepare your body for your race day moving on to it. Okay. That means starting as the week progresses, coming into your race day, you want to start ramping up the carbs a little bit. I know we're all kind of like, okay, we're watching our weight, We want to not overdo the carbs if we can help it, but it's important going into your race day, if you start kind of building up a few carbs, eat some good healthy carbs for you the week, you'll store that energy later for race day as you move along. Uh, on the night before your run, you want to definitely carb load. Now, that being said, stay away from like big, heavy, rich, creamy type pastas like a fettuccine alfredo right. or whatever. If you have like a, a tendency for heartburn, uh, you might want to stay against kind of a spicy tomato sauce. Best thing you can do the night before your race is eat something like a simple light pasta with maybe tossed with some olive oil and some garlic, maybe some vegetables, a little grilled chicken, shrimp, whatever you like. Um, that's kind of the best thing that you can do. Uh, fueling doesn't end before your race. It, you know, it also goes throughout the race when you get up in the morning. Uh, have a little something. It's a long, especially if you're doing these long races where you're really going to expend a lot of energy. Whether it be just a banana or an English muffin with some peanut butter or something, and then on the course, fuel yourself on the course as well. Have something that you've is simple for you to eat when you're out there racing. Uh, that you can eat on the road. They will give you a couple things, but it may not necessarily be something that you like, or may not be as effective for you. So, kind of test that out beforehand and have something ready to go. And after your race go out and celebrate, <laughs> uh, you, uh, you know, go out, and have a great meal. There are lots of great restaurants on the park. Go out there, enjoy it. You had a great day, a great race, and now you can go celebrate with a wonderful meal at one of these great restaurants. And just make sure that there's protein involved with that because you're going to want to kind of rebuild your body after putting it through such an effort.
1: Yeah, those are all great points, and you're right. You know, the night before when you're having a, you know, a a menu that includes carbs, and like you're saying, avoiding rich. creamy things or just thinking of try to avoid a lot of fried food. Like you said, Mm -hmm. grilled or baked things really are good. And not only is it better for you, but it also, again, easier on the stomach, um, you know, for race day. And that is a really good point about having something during the course. And I know that that was something when I first ran, I didn't really think about and I wasn't very well prepared. And so I don't want any of you to have that same experience. Test things before race day, what you like, different products. They also have things in the expo that are mm-hmm. that you can purchase um, when you're going out there to pick up your bibs and things like that. So there's a lot of great things that you can try out and see what do you want to carry with you on, on the race. Because like you said, they give things out, and it may not be something to your liking, and then you're finding yourself kind of running out of energy along the way.
0: Right. If you... It, have tried it out before you don't want to maybe be on the race course and it's trying the first time you've had a gel right in the middle of the race because you know those work for some people others are a little slimy they're a little weird going down your throat in the middle of a race you don't want to you know have a problem on the course have something prepared and ready to go when you're out there and you can work that out through your training as you go along so uh, really believe me your body will thank you for uh, fueling before after and then definitely after when you can go out and have that big meal celebrating right. the, uh, this great accomplishment that you just uh did out there so. exactly so there we go that's number two yeah. on to i <laughs> <laughs> i'm going to get you laughing every time i, know, I do it I aren't know. It,
1: i'm so glad you didn't
0: share with me I, I, time. I surprised her with this i told her i was excited <laughs> about it but it's totally a surprise uh, number three thou shalt hydrate, <laughs> yeah. which is one of the biggest things always yes. for me. Um, look, you're, you're, you're going to be out running. It's a long time. It's, no matter what the race is, if you're just pushing uh, a, a 5K for the first time, a 10K half marathon – marathon or Ooh. one of the challenges, look, you need to hydrate. You need to hydrate in the parks anyway, but especially for these races, uh, you know, it, it, you really need your body ready, especially in Florida because, boy, the, the fluids will come out of your body quickly in some of these humid days in
1: Florida. Absolutely, sure. yeah. That's a great point. And, and sometimes, like, if you are going in the park the day before, you might not realize, just like when you're vacationing, that you're, you may not be getting enough water intake. So, you know, using... Those uh, water bottle refill stations frequently is a good tip.
0: Yeah, absolutely. There's no question about that. Uh, Start it the week before. Start ramping up how much water you drink more than normal as you're building up so your body can get used to having that water in there. Uh, the day before your race, you really, especially if you know it's going to be hot and humid, uh, it's going to be Florida, right? Uh, you know, ramp it up that day. You want to be drinking water so much the day before. My rule of thumb on the day before a race when I know it's going to be really bad, but mostly any race, uh, is that if you, okay, I'm, I'm sorry for this. You know, it's a little crude, I guess, but uh, <laughs> if you haven't peed in the last 30 minutes, and you don't feel like you have to pee you need to be drinking water <laughs> that is the fact you need to be really hydrating a ton the day before your race i think you need to agree Yeah that.
1: absolutely you know and like you're saying on the day of in the morning as you're getting ready and during the race you know take a, take every opportunity to have some fluid intake some water intake
0: absolutely and I definitely on the race course they have
1: all those water stations out there
0: take advantage of them you know you don't overdo it like there's one thing i have to say on the race course is yes you want to hydrate but take them in small bites there's, that, there's a reason why they give you in little cups right because if you drink if you down a bunch of water in the middle of your run you can start to cramp up your your body can start to feel take a little bit at a time and if it's really really warm you want to make sure and kind of balance it out between the regular water and some of the sports drinks to replenish some of your electrolytes as you're going through the course and then definitely after your race once you're done with it keep hydrating throughout the day to rebuild those fluids you lost from earlier in the day plus yeah. you may be celebrating and eating some great food That's and right. having some alcohol so you want to replenish for that too so. very true so like I said one of my big things and I will always go with it hydrate, hydrate, hydrate that is number three onward <laughs> I knew I'm gonna laugh. I love it. it. I love it. <laughs> Thou shalt heed thy weather reports. <laughs> it's Florida. Weather can be crazy in Florida, you know? I mean, I'll just give you an example of what the weather can be and how different it can possibly be. In 2018, during the Walt Disney World Marathon, temperatures at the start of the race were in the low 40s. The year before, they were in the 30s. 30s wow. okay this is florida you don't expect that right. okay but you got to know that this is a possibility maybe if it's in the 30s you don't want to be planning to run your race in your princess leah gold bikini you know <laughs> contrary to that we were in the star wars dark side uh, half marathon last year it was like 99 percent humidity and in the low to mid 70s it right. felt like it was in the 80s <laughs> yes Maybe not the best time to be running in a full Chewbacca costume, you know. <laughs> and yet they did. And yet some people did. It's impressive I mean, yeah, I I was to that they were able to make that. But yep. some people. My Chewbacca costume was much simpler: shorts, <laughs> brown short, brown shirt, brown shorts, and a little bandolier I made out of it was uh, awesome. out of uh, duct tape. But um, anyway, pay attention to the weather reports going. First, pay attention to what the weather has been at that time of year uh, coming in. Then you can kind of plan out what clothes you're going to bring. Plan out how you're going to deck out your costume, and then you know look at it as you get closer, so you can have an idea of what you might want to actually have put on and out at the course. Also, if it is going to be chilly in the morning, but it'll get a little warmer as you go on. I know we've uh, Michelle's talked about this tip mm-hmm. before. You can always bring something to wear over your clothes or a little warmer. You can dress in layers, and you can if it if it's something you don't want to keep, you can just kind of leave it somewhere along the course. They'll pick those up and clean them and donate them to various charities right
1: right which is a great great thing to do and that is true because in the morning you're getting there mighty early and there is a temperature variant from then and Mm -hmm. when you're going to run and so you probably will even you know unless it's a really super hot experience like what we had that last time um you may want to have those layers ready to go and ready to to donate absolutely absolutely
0: you want to be sure you have this stuff ready. And also, you know, watch out for rain too. Is it going to rain during your time? Because you might want to wear something different to be prepared for rain as well. So keep an eye on those weather reports. Really, will put you in a better uh, state of mind and in a better place when it comes to race day. Onward. Five. <laughs> Number five, thou shalt arrange your wear- race. Well, easy for me to say. <laughs> thou shalt arrange your race wear the prior evening. Now, this is easy to say. Why do you need to do this? Okay. We all know these run Disney races are ungodly early. Yes. I mean, so crazy early that the starting times, not only that, especially when you're at the Walt Disney World Resort, you also probably have to catch transportation down there you're going to get to the course right. it could be another hour before you get on there uh you need to get up and get up early and last thing you want to do when you're trying to get out and get to the transportation and get to the starting line is to be trying to find that sock where was that sock i need for this <laughs> truck? where was my where where did i put my headphones you know where right. you know have all that stuff laid out in a space ready to go The night before, that way you're not disturbing your family, you're not, you know, stressing about it yourself in the morning. Uh, You just want to have that handled as much off your plate as possible the evening before.
1: Absolutely. Great, great point. And you want to have tried on that outfit beforehand, too, and, and actually did some do some running into that Uh, With your, If you're going to be dressing up in a costume or just even just any, like if you get new running, you know, shorts or whatever, you just want to make sure you're going to feel comfortable about it. But that is a wonderful point is to have everything ready because the last thing you want to do is be missing a bus because you're trying, like you said, trying to find that sock.
0: Or even just stressing over it, even if it's one thing that keeps you up at night, you know, I mean, it's already enough, tough enough to sleep and you're excited about the race the next day, you know, wondering about, you know, waking up on time and everything else. Why? add anything extra onto that. Uh, You know, you just want to be sure. I would also say uh, pin your bib to your whatever top you're going to wear the night before. That way you're not fiddling with safety pins and trying to find everything and put it on the morning before. Just have that done the evening before. And please, please, be sure any electronics you're planning on bringing with you, charge those, <laughs> yes. charge them all night, have them 100%, whether it's your headphones, whether it's your phone, whether it's uh, a smartwatch or a, a GPS running watch, have those all charged up and ready to go. The last thing you want to do out there is have that spot in mile 10 where you want to take that perfect picture and your phone is out of gas or you're trying to push yourself to the finish line and all you can hear is the person breathing <laughs> heavy next to you, and your feet hitting the pavement because you all your music is done. Uh, charge your phones as much as possible, uh, and. On the course, by the way, uh, I would suggest, especially for these long races, if you're going for a long time, t- turn off the location services, turn off your uh, the w- whatever your running app is for your pacing out there because those will eat up your battery quickly. Uh, you want to try, if you're going a marathon, forget it. There's no way your phone is going to last if you keep those things on. Half marathon, it's kind of borderline depending on what your time is running and how your right. battery life is, but uh, you may want to back it down a little bit. So your phone will be, you know, you'll have enough energy in it to be able to do those things that you want to do at the finish of the race.
1: Absolutely. And you will want to take photos out there because there are a lot of great things going on. So you do want to have that charge so that you don't miss that fabulous once-in-a-lifetime opportunity picture.
0: And if you are also uh, going and you uh, are one of these longer races where you think your battery might run out, probably good to take a, a spare battery or a, a, a portable Booster. battery charger with you and you know leave it at the gear check at the end unless you want to carry it with you. But if you don't want to carry it with you, leave it at the gear check at the end, and then you can just plug your phone right in. And you can take all the pictures at the finish line or after you get done with the the race as much as you want, because there are a lot of photo opportunities after the race is done as well. That's
1: very true, yes.
0: So that's number five, (laughs) Onward! Number six, Thou shalt warm up thy body. (laughs) This is extremely key. I just talked about how early you get up. Uh, how long it takes. You're riding a bus sometimes for 40 minutes, possibly, to get from your resort to the actual uh, starting line. Even when you get to the starting line into your corral, it could be anywhere from another hour to an hour and a half depending on what corral you're in before you actually start. You need to make sure your body is moving as much as possible, ready to go once the starting line, once you hit the starting line. So, go through a stretching routine, kind of develop that as you're training, you know, ready to go, or maybe do some light jogging before you even hit your corral just to kind of warm you up. And then when you're in your corral, constantly be moving your body a little bit, stretching a little bit here and there. Kind of moving through it, trying to keep your body warm as you go along. These races take a while to get started unless you're lucky enough to be in like Corral A or Corral B. Uh, So you want to kind of make sure that that's going then because the last thing you want to do is hit the starting line cold and then you can probably have a problem with injuring yourself, uh, you know, and that would be an issue if you, I mean, if you hurt something in the first mile and you still have 12 to go. Uh, that's right. the last thing it's you want to run tough. into so you know please 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 warm up as much as possible
1: that's right even if you're running you know one of the shorter races the 5k you'd still want to go through your stretching routine you know you like you said you don't want an injury especially if you're trying to do uh, a challenge where you're doing multiple races mm-hmm. you know that is so key and so important
0: yeah it's, it's stretching out before you go having have your body warm ready to go it doesn't matter what race it doesn't matter if you're running a mile it doesn't matter if you're running 26 miles you want to have your body ready to go for race time so that's number six Onward again
1: i'm just fighting back singing it myself so that's their that's a challenge <laughs> you know there, i realize that there's some
0: people like this is for me and you right because we love this <laughs> that's right. there's some people that are listening to us that have no you know, clue what this what we're doing yes. here but it's it's funny for us so we're kind of living in our own little world right. here, so if you don't know maybe you do a little research on it um, hamilton hamilton uh, commandments. Just look it up. It's fun. Uh, seven. Thou shalt keep an appropriate pace. This is really, really key, especially if you're going on a race that you're not used to running, or a race that's kind of a push distance for you. It doesn't matter if that's a five k, doesn't ten k, half marathon, whatever it may be. You know, I just talked about how long it is till you get sometimes to the starting line, okay? You're raring to go. You're ready to go. Your excitement, there's anticipation. There's some nervousness out there. So sometimes that, you know, the fireworks go off and your group gets running and you may be excited. And so you get out there and start moving at a brisk pace. Uh, If you're going for a really long, you want to try and back it down a little bit because a long race, if you rab it out to begin with, you may not have the energy that you really want later on. Uh, you really want to kind of start it slowly, gradually. I, I say, you know, when you when you're planning out your race day ahead of time, you kind of set that goal and set it generous. Of like, uh, you know, I'm I'm shooting for a 12 minute per mile, whatever. You know, right. that's kind of a medium range. Um, and maybe if you're saying 12 minute per mile, maybe you back it down to even 12 and a half. And then as you go along through the race course, if you're feeling good, it's farther into the race. You know, the, you're not suffering from pain. You're you're not feeling the fatigue. Then you can kind of start speeding up a little bit and seeing where you are, and, and kind of gradually. But the worst thing you want to do is. Use that energy up early in the race and then have to run the whole rest of the way and just be suffering more than you... Able, actually, well, you're always suffering out there, but <laughs> suffering even more because you've used up so much energy in the first couple miles.
1: Right. And, you know, account for weather in that mm-hmm. too. So like like you're saying, using the example of trying to do a 12-minute mile, um, if it's like a very humid, very hot day, you really need to back that up and just accept it. And again, you're not going for your best time during this race. So make that adjustment so you can have the endurance and still be enjoying the, the views and what you're doing there
0: absolutely like I talked about the weather reports earlier the weather is an important thing when you're trying to set your goal pace if it's going to be warmer than you're normally running in uh, you need to back that down as well again you can always make up time later on when you're feeling good as the race progresses uh, you can always back but the main thing you want to do is not run out of energy uh, if you're like, I'm just gonna say you know I, I'm gonna use the half marathon because that's a real stretch distance but it could be anything if you're not used to running a 5k regularly uh, you don't want expel all your energy in mile one and then be dying on mile three. Right. The same with a half marathon. You don't want to expel all your energy in the first three miles and be dying for the last six. Uh, it's just the, the best way to go about it. Also, and this is on the other side. If you're kind of taking your time throughout the course, you're taking pictures everywhere, Uh, you're walking a lot, which there's no problem walking. Walk as much as you want. Walking is fine. Um, But, you know, you also want to keep track of your pace. If you're taking pictures, stopping, getting in line, posing with characters, you've got to keep track of that 16-minute-per-mile pace because the last thing you also want to be doing is have them pushing you, saying you need to move along quicker because that'll ruin your fun, or worse yet, They could take you off the course because you're going too slowly. So kind of keep an eye on that as well. Yes, have fun. Take pictures. There's no reason why you, if you don't feel like running an 11-minute-per-mile pace, you need to do that. But at the same time, just keep track and make sure you're not going over the required pace.
1: Right. And when I was new to running, before I really did some research into it, you know, I was under the impression is, you know, go hard at the beginning because that's when you have all your energy. And, you know, you shared with me, no, that's not the way to go. Have more of an even pace and allowing for energy and like you said the you know at the end you can push yourself if you you know you're still feeling good and everything and factoring in again like you're saying when you're watching your time is especially for a longer race you may feel you need to do a bathroom break yeah. you know which there are plenty of areas um, use the one the bathrooms in the park <laughs> if you don't want to use a poor my tip now. oh all right and so anyways <laughs> if you want <laughs> you want to factor in that you may want to do a, a restroom break
0: yes yeah I mean, the, you will need to do it. If that's, well, if you're on the longer races, right. Right, you may not have to do it on a 5K. Maybe, maybe not. You should factor it in just in case, but may, possibly not. But the longer races, for sure, you're going to need to hit up the restroom at least once, if not a couple times. Right. Even despite all the sweat you're going, you're putting out of your body, you will probably have to hit up the restroom right. uh, at least once or twice. So, yes, exactly. Good point, Michelle. Please factor that in. Next, we have... <laughs> Number eight, thou shalt pay attention to thy surroundings. This is one of my most important things and one of my biggest bugaboos when you're out on the race course. Uh, When you're out there, look, you're going to be out there with, Thousands of participants. (laughs) I mean, that like probably more than you'll ever see for any – even if you run other races, more than you'll see for any other race. There are so many people on these courses with that, and they're all running different speeds, walking, running, whatever. They're going different speeds. You need to keep your head sort of on a swivel when you're out there. Make sure you're not blocking anybody, cutting anybody off. Uh, you know, if you're going around somebody, you're not injuring yourself, anybody else, or yourself by you know, moving too quickly. Uh, just kind of keep your eyes open out there uh, when you're going through. If you're going to pass somebody, make sure you take a peek behind you to make sure there's always somebody faster than you out there. Okay, I don't unless you're an Olympic runner. There's going to be somebody out there on the course that is going to be faster than you. So there could be someone coming up behind you that's thinking they're going to pass you when you're passing somebody else. So keep an eye. Take a peek behind you. Now I just talked about It's okay to walk out there. There's no problem walking. You're going to walk a few times probably on these longer races. If you're going to slow down and walk, that's fine. Just hold up your hand and let the person behind you know that you're slowing down and then move to the side. It's kind of a signaling. It's like you're in a car. You're signaling that... That I'm slowing down. I'm turning off to whatever. That way uh, people know that they don't run up the back of you. or Right. Essentially. Also, my biggest bugaboo out there on the course is if you're going to – it's great to run out there with a group of friends or family or whatever. It's one of the most fun things to do on a run Disney race. Right. However, if you're in a group of four, five, six, eight people, whatever, just please you know run – No more than two wide at any one time. These courses, as we talked about, have a lot of people on them, and sometimes there are some fairly narrow spots. So if you're going four wide, that limits a lot of people's space to be able to get around you if they're going quicker than you. You can always talk to your friends, either behind you as you're going, or, you know, you can switch places and talk to them and catch up on the conversation somewhere during the race. But just, you know, mind yourself out there and it keeps you safe and it keeps the other runners around you safe
1: as well. That's absolutely true. And in preparation for today's uh, podcast, I did post out there uh, for one of our run disney groups some tips and this this one from lisa harper actually fits into what you're talking about now being mindful and watchful is what she said is watch out for the reflectors on the streets Mm -hmm. because as she's put it she's seen people trip over them and again you know you don't want to have to experience a a slip and fall or you know get scraped up Yeah, i've seen some
0: people take some pretty nasty falls on these races uh so keep your mind on what you're doing i know it especially as you're You know, getting fatigued during these races, it's easy to let your mind drift. Right. Not be paying attention, but uh, try and keep your head into the game. Yes. So, that's number eight. Onward we go to... Number nine. Nine. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Number nine, thou shalt smile for photos. (laughs) look, the funny thing out there is if anybody's seen people, and you probably you may have seen some of our pictures out there, or some of your friends' pictures out there, or maybe your own pictures out there on the race course, and you see these people, they're running these ridiculous length races, yet all their pictures are their arms up in the air, <laughs> and their giant smile, or whatever, and it's like, what are you doing? How do you do this? Are, are you, do you know how much this is supposed to hurt? Uh, you know, why don't you people sweat? Are, are you some kind of superhero or something? No, no, no. The key is that as you go through these races you kind of have an idea of where these photographers are okay so as you progress through the races Yes, you're suffering, you're sweating, you're grunting, You're, uh, but then you see the photographer and suddenly, big smile, arm up in the air, right? you know, I'm <laughs> celebrating, I'm, I'm having the best time of my life, believe me, you'll, you'll thank your, yourself in the long run for just having that time to take a little of your energy and just give a smile, lift your arm up, because the pictures you're going to get from that, from those
1: photographers are great. Yes, and practice before the race day, so you know what you're going to look like. Like, you know, so that you can have that, you know, perfect pose for the cameras. And there, there are a lot of them. So if you happen to pass one by that you either didn't get the pose you wanted to or that you, you didn't catch them quick enough, then you can uh, certainly look forward to another one down the track.
0: Yes, absolutely. It's, it's kind of funny. People talk to us, they see our pictures, we post them on social media sometimes from our races and they're like, do you run with one arm in the air the whole time? Because if you looked at our pictures, it looks like we either run with both arms in the air or one arm in the air throughout the whole race. But no, we just yeah. figured out where the photographers are and we know how to kind of coerce them into these great pictures you know, so right
1: and if you're looking for them on the race day um you know what you want to keep an eye out especially early on when it's still dark you can definitely tell them because they're the people sitting in a like a little uh Covered kind chair, of tent, almost right. so like
0: a little mini tent.
1: But there's lights all around, right. so uh. um,
0: what to look for? They're usually wearing some sort of neon green type vest, so you can kind of pick them out pretty easily. They want to stand out, so no one, so people see them on the course for one thing. Uh, also, if, if you're wondering where they're going to be, well, just figure out where some of the most picturesque or some of the biggest attractions are in the parks and around the parks, because they want to capture. They look that. If you're an annual pass holder, you get these pictures for free. But a lot of times they're selling these pictures, so they want to find these. They want to get you in a great picture that you'll want to purchase in one way, shape, or form. So they'll picture you in front of some of the great attractions, the great backdrops or whatever. So think about, like, if you're in front of Spaceship Earth, if you're running through Cinderella Castle. Places like that where they know you're something you might want to capture – you running in, that's where they're going to be stationed. So you can kind of have an idea going in. It's kind of a learning process. As you run more of these races, if this is your first time, whatever, you'll see where they are and you'll kind of get, as you progress and do them more and more, you'll you'll know what to look for and when these photographers are going to be about. And that kind of helps you get better pictures as you move along as well.
1: Right. And so you won't usually see them in the backstage areas or if you're running on streets or highways to the next park.
0: Now, the one thing I can guarantee you, and everybody should know, where you're going to have the best picture is at the finish line. Always smile. I know it's a long race, but you should be celebrating at the finish line. One, you made this race, no matter what the distance is, it's a great accomplishment. So, you know, get to that finish line. Those photographers are there. Big smile. Give a yelp if you need to. Raise your arms in the (laughs) air. Cheer if you want to jump. If you have enough energy to take a little leap, do that. That is one of the best pictures you will ever take because you you just finished something wonderful, tough, difficult, And it's just going to be something that's going to fill your heart with joy. It's amazing you just completed this wonderful Run Disney race.
1: Absolutely. And, again, that's another one that you can practice ahead of time or at other races. I mean, and the other thing about photos is um, getting an opportunity to have photos during the race time. Um, Again, you're not trying to have your, you know, your best record or personal record during these things. This is you want to enjoy the experience of running a run Disney race. And so a lot of times, too, they'll have characters there that you might not always see in the park. You know, Some of the more obscure ones are, are brought out. So this is a real opportunity to get some great pictures with characters you might not normally have an opportunity to to meet up with.
0: There's nothing wrong with trying to set a personal record in a run Disney race. It's not easy to do because there's so many people and there are so many good things to see. Right. There's nothing wrong with it, but it, it wouldn't be my expectation of what to do when you're out there on the course. One, it's, just, it's just difficult because there are so many people and you just want to check things out. So, uh, of course, if you're running your first, let's say, it's your first 10K or your first half marathon or whatever, that's going to be your PR no matter what your time right. is because you've never <laughs> run one before. So be happy with that that you accomplished this task that you've never done before. Right. So that's key. Photos, believe me, are key. Finally, we wrap it up with number Fire! <laughs> That's awesome. Number ten, thou shalt have fun. And we were trying to just talking about this a second ago. Look, uh, these are a lot of rules and how to get ready for race day. But bottom line is, it's you're running through the Disney parks. Uh, you're doing something that very few people actually get to do. Even though there are thousands out there, just think of how many people there are in the world getting to run a special time through these Disney parks, through these great scenes. Uh, you're out there. You're getting exercise, but have fun as well. It's really the key thing. Take it all in. Um, just enjoy it. That's that's all I have to say. Oh,
1: yeah, that. absolutely. Because, you know, there are a lot of great other organizations that run races that have different levels of fun, but there isn't anything that compares to a run Disney race. And so it's really something to cherish and enjoy and just Again, just get into it. You're there at a wonderful place, and there's so many fun people around, and that that is something that you can really bank on having some fun. Yep. You know, and some things that you can add to it, too, is, um, you know, you talked about with groups. And and you may have some great costume ideas that you might not really have enough friends to do it. Like I think we've seen in some races, 101 Dalmatians. Yeah, they just got a bunch of people in to to dress up. So what you can do ahead of time is, you know, join some of these um, online groups You know, and kind of put out there what you're looking for and see if you can have like meet and greets at the race Mm -hmm. day to have, you know, that group participation. Or, you know, maybe somebody you were planning that was planning to join you had to bow out of the race and you're looking for, you know, a specific character. You might find that through through those groups as well. so And that,
0: we may eventually, uh, I don't know if we're going to be doing any Run Disney races this year. It's kind of a weird year with our travel schedule, um, but we will be eventually in the future. And we may have to kind of have a group going for that too at some point when we get those back. I'm hoping, still I'm hoping 2020 that Run Disney is back at Disneyland, which yeah. would be a lot easier for us, but uh, Walt Disney World Resort is great as well.
1: Exactly. And I did find another tip, um, it, you know, it, may, it doesn't apply to everybody, but it was something that I thought was, Uh, interesting and worthy to share. And it's related to um, some people are running as a family, and you might have a family member that has autism. And this person actually gave some some pointers to that. You know, one of the things obviously is having the discussion ahead of time that there is going to be a lot of sensory overload, you know, and having that, that conversation, you know, with, with the person ahead of time. And, you know, also then trying to help with some things that could minimize some of that sensory input, like whether it be headphones, you know, or other types of protectors, sunglasses, and things like that. Um, and so I thought that was really an interesting aspect. And then the other thing that they recommended is that after the race is really allow for some mellow time, mm-hmm. uh, so that you know it's time to for that person who may be able to, who has had all that sensory overload to really just kind of regroup, and so maybe not challenge them with other things. For the for the next day or two.
0: That's perfect. I love that. That's a good idea. Yeah. I never really thought about uh, those with autism and other uh, disabilities in that regard uh, getting out there. But uh, those are good points. So, like I said, bottom line number ten: uh, have fun out there. Take it all in. Enjoy it. Wear your medal or medals if you've done multiple races and out to the parks where whether you go to the parks or not wear them proudly the rest of the day uh, you've accomplished this great thing you've earned it you should go out there sporting them and if you're out there at the parks and you see someone wearing, whether you ran or not right. congratulate these people for you know completing something and then it's really always fun to show that camaraderie out there absolutely yes. uh, and then of course once you're done start planning that next run Disney race because you know as much as it's torture it becomes addicting and you really you'll enjoy it and you'll probably want to plan the next one
1: Absolutely, so. so that very good job, sweetie. <laughs> I loved it. I Thank loved you. the the Hamilton tie into it. That was great.
0: <laughs> uh, so those are our ten Run Disney Race Day commandments. Those are our rules for race day. We want to know what your Run Disney Race Day rules are. What did we miss? Uh, is there anything we forgot? What are yours? Please let us know. Uh, contact us on social media. Email us, whatever. We, If you want to share them with us, we will talk about them on a future episode.
1: Right, right. We'd really love to hear from you.
0: Absolutely. So that was our Run Disney segment. Now to the reason why we're kind of worn out today <laughs> is because last night We went up way deep into L.A., actually into Hollywood, to go see Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas live at the Hollywood Bowl. It was a great time. We had a
1: wonderful time last night. It was amazing.
0: Uh, It was so fun. They were celebrating, of course, the 25-year anniversary of the Halloween-slash-Christmas cult hit. Uh, It's it's there for three nights. We saw the Saturday show, but there was also a Friday show, and there's one tonight uh, as well. We're, of course, recording this on Sunday. Uh, Our show was sold out. I don't know if Friday or sunday sold out or not but ours was completely sold out uh it was just really really cool
1: if you're listening to this early in sunday they still had some seats (laughs) but yeah yeah. you
0: better rush uh, to get out there if you're going to do it but uh it was just really cool it started off Uh conductor was uh john macheri uh who is the holiday bowl orchestra conductor Uh, he came out led the we had the whole holiday bowl uh hollywood bowl uh orchestra out there did i say holiday bowl earlier San diego. I, I think i've done that too <laughs> san diego sometimes i say holiday bowl because we have the holiday bowl game here the hollywood bowl uh it, and uh he had the whole orchestra out there and they kicked it off almost the opening act which was really cool i was not expected by us was they started the night with uh, 1929 silly symphonies the skeleton dance right. played with the music from the orchestra it was, it was really amazing. fun it was awesome yeah, really fun. You know, yeah. you can go back, total classic Disney, just so good. So.
1: Right. And when you're talking about the conductor, like sometimes you can go to to you know whether you go into some symphonies or whatever, and, and everybody's very talented as a conductor, but this guy had so much personality, oh, yeah. and he really interacted with the crowd, and he was great. Yeah,
0: we'll talk about yeah. more about that here in a little bit. Yeah. He was, but he was he was really fantastic. All the main cast was there. Danny Elfman, of course, uh, composed it, wrote the music. For for The Nightmare Before Christmas, uh, he also is the singing voice of Jack Skellington. He performed all the songs. Catherine O'Hara, who plays Sally throughout the movie, not just the singing voice, but plays Sally. And Ken Page, who plays Oogie Boogie, uh, was fantastic. Um, others from the original cast that were there, there may have been more than these, but these are ones I know for sure were part of the original cast, was uh, Greg Proops, who you may know from uh, Whose Line Is It Anyway. He was the Harlequin Demon in the actual, and he also may know him for you Star Wars fans as kind of the uh, the announcer for the uh, the pod race right. in uh, episode one, Phantom Menace and also, he—if you've just been watching Star Wars Resistance, he also—if you
1: haven't, you should. Yes, you should. It's, <laughs> it's
0: really fun. It's a really fun show. Uh, he is also the voice of the race there, so he's kind of right. been kind of the Star Wars race announcer. Right. right. He was great. Not only did he go out there and perform. Uh, in many parts, uh, but he was also uh, he held a they, they had a costume contest beforehand, and he was kind of the MC of the costume right. contest. Right, he was, was cool.
1: great with all the contestants. That yeah, a were lot of kids. He was great yes. with the
0: kids, adults, everybody. You yes. Know? Um, and then a surprise that we didn't know going in, and I didn't even actually know he played this role until uh, we got into this, was Paul Rubens, who's, who may know, you may know as Pee Wee Herman, right. of course. That's his most famous role, although he's had many other roles. Uh, he plays Lock of uh, Shock, Lock and Beryl. Um, you know, Catherine O'Hara plays Shock, and Danny Elfman plays Barrel. They all three came out and sang Kidnapped the Santa Claus right. together, which was really yeah, it fun. It was cool. Yeah, and that's how they wrapped up. We had an intermission. That was the wrap-up of the first half of the show was with all three of them getting out there and having an enjoyable time singing that song.
1: Right, right. And that was, like you said, um, not at least from my perspective, not a really well-known fact that they played those roles. So it was fun watching them out there. And, you know, again, just being there and seeing them live in the the orchestra behind them, it was amazing.
0: It really was cool. And they also had these projections on the uh, outside of right. the holiday bowl itself, that really brought it to life. Because a lot of times uh, they'd have whoever was singing, because the 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 uh, the actors or the singers would come out there and they would sing their songs during the, which was so great. And so the the main screen would focus on this person out there. But uh, you know, even though the movie was on the side screens, you know, you're focusing on this person singing. But they would project these things onto the holiday Holly. I almost did it again. The Hollywood right. Bowl, uh, and it would it would kind of. Uh, interact with what was going on in the movie as well. So you could kind of see both parts as you're right. just focusing on the singer.
1: Right. And the lighting that yeah. also went along with that. You know, that was, it was vivid. It was great. Really,
0: really great lighting. The, the whole effects team uh, did a fantastic job. All the actors and singers, they nailed their songs. Yeah. Uh, I was telling you about it earlier. It's like, you know, this has been 25 years, you know, and so, you know, maybe some of them will be. You know, you know, you can see how they might slip right. a little bit, you know, in 25 years, but no, they were all nailed And I thought they were like almost dead on to right. what you would see yeah. in the movie.
1: Right. You know, because again, they were showing the movie as well. And so their lips were synchronized with the movie perfectly. And it was just really i I know i keep saying amazing phenomenal but it was so cool it was
0: spectacular really i i I, he's done this before and i'm sure he'll bring it back again i mean this was special because of the 25th anniversary but i'm sure in a year or two they'll come back and they'll do it again and uh, if you do they should take advantage of it um the movie was fantastic as it always is i love the nightmare before christmas uh like i said the the actors i mean uh danny elfman when he would get out there and sing as Jack Skellington, I, he was acting out the part on right. stage. He was getting into yeah, it. Totally. It was, you know, he was just, you know, he wasn't just out there just singing the song. I
1: mean, he he took on Jack Skellington. Right, right. He totally performing it. So yeah, that was great. And
0: Ken Page's Oogie Boogie oh, doing Oogie Boogie song was oh so good. It's one of my favorite songs in there. Anyway, it might right. be my favorite Disney songs to begin with, but it's just so good in that show. It was right. amazing. And even Catherine O'Hara, she just has the one, well, I mean, she, she takes part in other songs, but right. she just has the one main song, and she was just right on as Sally, just right, right on her song. Yeah. Um, and then all the side, they had, so the, the, they had the orchestra, they had a chorus in the background, but they also had, like I told you about Greg Proops, he was part of it. They had five other actors that would voice all the different characters, all the different side characters that you would hear throughout right. these songs, and they were magnificent. You know, spot on to even if whether and some of them I'm not sure if they played the role or not. Right. But they were just spot on to these characters in the movie, from what you would know.
1: Right. Right. I felt like I was watching the soundtrack being made for right. the movie.
0: Absolutely. No, that's a good point right there. That was it. Was really cool. So uh, and the movie was great. They wrap it up. I didn't. I thought that was probably going to be it. Okay, the right. show may they come out to do the curtain call, whatever. Now they also did two encores right. afterwards, which was, wh- which wrapped up the night so perfectly. They started <laughs> off. Danny Elfman went out and did his own version of Oogie Boogie song. He he did give uh, Ken Page nod saying, well, right, Ken Page is Oogie Boogie. But I can He wanted to do his tribute to Cab Calloway, and so he did this very energetic uh version of K- like cab calloway doing uh the oogie boogie song right right and it the, very animated <laughs> he was so good with it and the funniest part with it is the conductor who we were just talking about john must uh he put on the santa hat and he played sandy claus's right. part through it and he's a conductor he's out there and he's singing all these these parts and he did a really good job he too he did it he did it
1: was great so that was the
0: first Encore, and that was a blast. We're like, okay, that's it, right? No, we came out with a second Encore, and the second Encore really lit up the house. I mean, it was crazy good. Danny got out there, Danny Elfman, of course, reunited with Steve Bartek. You may know him as the guitarist for Oingo Boingo, so they had a right. mini Oingo Boingo reunion. <laughs> Along with that, a couple of the band members, including the bass player from No Doubt, Tony Kanaan, right, who came out and they went what would you expect they did a little oingo boingo mini reunion and they did dead man's party and it
1: rocked the house oh man it was crazy it was
0: such a great way to kind of wrap up the night you know so energetic again more projections out there Uh, i'd never seen oingo boingo in person even though i liked a lot of their music but this kind of felt like oh it's kind of cool to see uh, a little piece of oingo out there right um yeah, it was just a lot of fun.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And like you said, I mean, there was so much energy in the crowd and it, people were dancing and really getting into it. It was it was really so so cool to watch. Yeah,
0: and I, I could see it taking shape, too. Beforehand, yeah. I, was, I was like, they're pulling out drums.
1: That's right. You, you had nailed it. There's
0: somebody with a guitar. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I think I know what they're going to do here. Yeah, And you sure enough, it, Dead Man's it. Party was just so cool. Right. And they even wrapped it up. There was even another step, even though that was the last song they did. Danny, you know, did his, you know, did his uh, bows and thanked everybody. And then he's like, oh, by the way, I got somebody else over here. He dragged Tim Burton I out know. on stage. <laughs> Tim Burton was there. I don't know if he was there for all three nights, but right. he was there for this one backstage. He brought him out and Tim did said some things, including a little nasty word you know but still it was funny (laughs) it was it was it was was total tim burton out there you know He's what do you expect from him and they even took a selfie together in front of the crowd you may i I haven't looked on social media to see if it was out there but i'm sure um probably on danny Elfman's social media or whatever right probably the picture of uh them doing a selfie in front of the crowd but just capped off the night it was already a great night but then all that stuff at the end just made it even more magnificent
1: right and that that episode there seemed very impromptu i, mean, I know they brought katherine o'hare out there as well yeah. um, and you could tell she was a little surprised to be coming out she had already changed out of right. her other outfit although i thought her second one was brilliant too for for the for the show, but so it did seem very impromptu. So that seemed fun that we were, you know, enjoying in the midst of something happening that really wasn't planned as part of the show. If it was, then they they were great actors about the whole thing. Absolutely. But.
0: By the way, that's another thing I forgot to mention until you just brought it up there for her song when she sang Sally's song. Um, Catherine O'Hara came out in an outfit. It wasn't exactly it wasn't a costume for Sally, but it was right. kind of had some kinda of leaned that way, but she had written or drawn or done something on her hands where she had the stitching right on her wrists, on her chest, not on her face, but on her chest. So it was just kind of there and you could just see this the stitching like Sally has. Yeah. On yeah. Her, just totally buying into the part.
1: Was, oh definitely. And then when she sang her song, you could just see her demeanor. She was Sally, yeah. you know, and and that was pretty cool to watch too. So,
0: bottom line, it was a great night. If yeah. it comes back, if it you know if they act up end up eventually making some sort of tour out of it. If it comes to your city, whatever, uh, go see it. It was magnificent. It was so fun. I posted some pictures for, on social media of it uh, earlier today. Check it out. I even had a little video on some of them. Uh, of uh, I just captured a little quick one-minute video of Dead Man's Party. You can see it. The funny thing about my video is that it's kind of sways back and forth. <laughs> that may or may not have been me dancing.
1: I'm not, I'm not sure. <laughs> it, was. it was. It was me dancing. Yeah. So a lot of fun. I should have captured you dancing. That's that would have been great to post. <laughs> that would have been something.
0: That would have been something. <laughs> totally. Anyway, funny. so those are our main topics of the week. Uh we just had a a great weekend. It was a lot of fun, but we're exhausted today. So yeah. please bear with us if as I stumble through many words and decide to call the Hollywood Bowl the Holiday Bowl and such. So Right. Um anyway, Uh, That's it for our main topics. As we do all every week, we follow our main topics with our Disney stories of the week. Always so many Disney stories. And Michelle actually doesn't have a Disney story this week, so I won't forget about it this time.
1: Well, you, I know that you mentioned you had quite a few, so I thought. Yeah, right. this is, <laughs> it, I knew this was going to be a long episode, right. so I
0: actually cut a couple stories that we could have uh, touched on out this week, but I wanted to get to a few of these because these are big stories. Uh, so we'll start off with details have emerged about the upcoming Marvel superheroes Land that is being built at Disney California Adventure Park at the Disneyland Resort. Yeah. Really exciting stuff. Totally. Saw this all week. When I saw it, I, I shared with you that this happened, I, I couldn't. I was just so excited. I had to I you know get a hold of you and let right, you know that this right. stuff was going on. It was really cool. So this is from our Colleagues at uh, WDW News today, this is where they, they broke this story. Uh, so this is what's happening with that. If you don't know, they're, they closed Bugs Land and they're opening up a Marvel-themed land in that area in California Adventure Park. Uh, it's going to be opened in different phases with Phase 1 set to debut in 2020. Phase 2 is about a year or so after that is what they're thinking right now. Uh, here's what they're planning to do. The former It's Tough to Be a Bug Theater is being transformed into a Spider-Man themed attraction. Totally makes sense. Yep. Uh, it right appears like it's going to be mostly a screen ride, possibly 3D. It sounds like it's going to be a shooter, kind of <laughs> like along the Midway Toy Story Mania line. You know? uh, it's, you know, only instead of you know, using the, the guns and shooting rings and you know, pies and whatever else right. you're shooting, you're going to be sh- using a web shooter.
1: Which is great. I didn't mean to interrupt you there. No, okay. I, I was waiting for you. To... <laughs> okay. No, that's great because, I mean, Midway Mania, it, it, whether you're talking Disneyland or Walt Disney Resort, that's a really popular ride. You know, if you're talking about Walt Disney World, getting fast passes can be very challenging unless you're doing it right away when the window opens up. So, having at Disneyland another ride that ha- is that kind of a, of a genre of activity is great. Yeah,
0: and I saw someone on Twitter point this out today, and what's good about this ride, is uh, this attraction, is that it's going to be something that both kids and adults can enjoy. I mean, there may be some other more you know, obviously, Mission Breakout is something that not necessarily for the kids. Some kids right. love it, but it, it, you know, it kind of seems to steer more adults. This is something kids of all ages can enjoy. Um, and if there's a character in Marvel that fits for many different ages, especially right. the kids, uh, they kids love Spider-Man, Spider-Man. right? Uh, so this would be a great attraction that everybody in the family can do. Um, so, and I also think you know, yes, some people are like, "Oh, do we need another?" Um, Toy Story Mania type ride. And I'm like, well, one, it's a great ride. Why not have another that like right. it? But also the advancements by the time this is out might make it, you know, just because it's similar doesn't right. mean it's the same. That's a good point. Um, it could be that really much better. Point. So um, really excited about that. The entrance queue for this is going to be located, uh, if you think about Bugs Land, if you've been there, uh, the tissue box restrooms where they used to be within Bugs Land uh, on the other side of the theater. So the, the queue is going to be – they're going to redo those um, those restrooms there. They're still going to be there, but they're going to redo them. and the queue entrance is going to be through there. That way it's coming in through the land, not like um, kind of bugs uh, – the tough-to-be-a-bug was kind of on the side and almost outside. This will be so you're immersed right. within the land and going oh, cool. into it. Um uh, so that'll be cool and uh, looking forward to that uh, other things that are going to be happening down there nearby there'll be a Doctor Strange show uh, kind of similar to what they, they're currently doing on uh, Disney Cruise Line with their Marvel Day at Sea, they're doing a Doctor right. Strange type show uh, there are also the other news is that there will be a counter service restaurant and micro brewery, and oh, yes. who would they theme a <laughs> restaurant and micro brewery after? Well, Ant Man, of course. Right, right. beer me, yeah. beer me. <laughs> uh, so uh, it's cool that the picture on there. They have a big. Can I'm assuming it's going to be a beer can, but it's right. like, he stands out and it's going to be on top. It's going to be the second story of this restaurant. So that's fun. And, you know, there's another excuse for us to find a good beer. Exactly. Um, we kind of like that as uh, ones who like an adult beverage every once in a while in the parks. Right. Uh, the second phase is going to include uh, kind of a, what they say it's going to be uh a uh, Quinjet, if you know what the, the Jets was in Marvel a lot of times in the Avengers, those are called Quinjets, uh, based attra- uh Ab- Avengers attraction. Uh, they're calling it an, an e-ticket-style attraction, so they're thinking probably going to be like a roller coaster mm-hmm. of some sort based on the Avengers, so that's going to be fun, too. And that's in Phase 2. They won't be the beginning to open up, but that'll be uh, later on. Uh, if you're looking for shopping, uh, there'll be a small shop in Phase 1 area, uh, they're thinking in phase two, they're going to open a bigger shop for Marvel nice. uh, type items. So I believe there's also going to be a phase three to this. By the way, uh, they haven't announced anything to that yet, but I believe there's going to be a phase three. Um, both phases, if you if you're a fan of the Red Car Trolley, right, um, they're not going to affect that. That trolley line is still going to run through there and uh, down through Hollywood Land. We'll just have to see how Hollywood Land changes as they begin to make more progress on this Marvel, Marvel. themed area. Right, That's so. awesome. Um, and by the way, this is from what WW, from what WDW News today says this is not a rumor. This is confirmed through internal documents. They said that some thematic elements could change, but overall the plan is already mapped out. So this is going to happen.
1: Nice. No, so. this will be a great addition, especially, you know, one of the things we talked about with uh, Disneyland having Star Wars Land open or Galaxy's Edge open. And that some of the passes may have blockout days for Disneyland Park to have some additional new things going on at California Adventure is fabulous. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So I'm excited, excited, totally excited, excited about this. I told you I was excited that day when I heard this stuff was coming <laughs> uh, yes. out. Um, I like it all. I, I'm looking forward to seeing the next steps as they progress that land. Obviously, it's still a little ways away, but it is exciting for Great. sure. On where we go, on to Disney Films. Disney appears to be ready to reboot the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. Yeah. This again from our colleagues over at WDW News Today. By the way, um, I don't think we've mentioned this yet. We had our first story published by WDW yeah. News Today this Yay. week. Yeah, uh, So we, if you're looking, for, we, it was a story about uh, Dapper Days, Days. Mm-hmm. Uh, which we kind of talked a little bit about last week. Um so if you're, we are finally out there and we're published right. and we should have a couple more stories coming, hopefully sometime soon. But I uh, just wanted to let you know that uh, we are now out there and we are now officially part of uh, WDW News Today. Onward, back to the story. Sorry, I, I got on a tangent there. Uh, Good point, though. Good point, <laughs> It looks like Disney is about to reboot the Pirates of the Caribbean with some new blood, uh, that new blood being in the forms of writer uh, Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick. Reese and Wernick have been, had some success as of late, uh, being the lead writers for the Deadpool series and the mm, Zombieland series. Nice. So, uh, Jerry Bruckheimer, who did all the uh, rest of the Pirates of the Caribbean uh, movies, will stay on as the producer. However, according to the Daily Mail, Johnny Depp, he's out as the infamous
1: Captain Jack Sparrow. Right. Yeah. Oh, well, uh, but like you said, it's time for new blood and have some new experiences and new personalities, so... It's all good. Right. So
0: here's from uh, the Daily Mail TV. As a matter of fact, original Pirates scriptwriter Stuart Beatty confirmed the news on a red carpet interview with Daily Mail TV. Uh, he nodded when it was suggested that Depp was out. He said, quote, I think he's had a great run. Obviously, he's made the character his own and it's become a character he's most famous for now. And kids all over the world love him as that character. So I think it's been great for him. It's been great for us. So I'm just very, very happy about it. End quote. So, uh, it's going to be interesting to see because um, Pirates of the Caribbean has been so tied to Jack Sparrow, to right. Captain Jack. Uh, but I have to say, he almost became a caricature. Well, it's not almost. He came became a caricature of himself. If right. you look at him in the first movie as Captain Jack Sparrow versus the fifth movie as Captain Jack Sparrow, right. it's it was more the, rather than being this wily guy who, yes, was kind of quirky and, you know, uh, Had these idiosyncrasies. It was more about kind of the quirkiness and the idiosyncrasies and going for the laugh more than actually showing what a great pirate he was. Exactly. And whether that was him playing the part or whether that was the screenwriting, uh, it kind of just seemed like they needed to make a change and do something a little different. Right. Right. So we'll see. Like I said, it's hard to imagine Pirates of the Caribbean without Captain Jack, but I'm excited to see where it goes.
1: Right, absolutely. And, you know, they have had different characters come in through the different movies. And, you know, they could, you know, either go in a different direction focusing on one of them or, you know, have something totally new. So I think it's going to be good to have that variety coming up now.
0: Yeah, I agree. I'm looking forward to seeing what they come up with. Hopefully it will be a solid uh, development through this. We'll see. Yep. Let's see. Uh, finally, my last story for this week is, uh, sadly, it's the retirement of a Disney Pixar legend. President and co-founder of Pixar Animation Studios, Ed Catmull, will be stepping down right. at the end of the year. Uh, this is from The Hollywood Reporter. He is retiring, just to show that we <coughs> use other sources besides WDW News Today, <laughs> Hollywood Reporter. Uh, he is retiring after a groundbreaking five-decade career. Uh, he... Catmull, who acts as president of both Walt Disney and Pixar Animation Studios, will step down from his current role at the end of the year, uh, according to Disney. a Disney announcement on Tuesday, and then stay on as an advisor through July of 2019 before fi- formally retiring. Uh, of course, Ed Catmull uh, co-found, uh, co-founded Pixar along with Steve Jobs and John Lasseter, and in doing so revolutionized the animation industry. Uh, and uh, in a statement... Uh, he's 73, uh, Catmill said, quote, never in my wildest imagination could I have conceived of the path or the extraordinary people I've worked with over all those years, all these years, the twists and turns, the ups and downs, along with exhilarating passion, talent, and dedication that have led to something extraordinary, something that has an enduring impact on the world. Uh, Disney chairman and CEO Bob Iger on Catmill said, uh, Ed Catmull, quote, Ed Catmill's Impact on the entertainment industry is immeasurable. A pioneer of the intersection of creativity and technology, Ed expanded the possibilities for storytellers along with the expectations of audiences. We're profoundly grateful for his innumerable contributions, ranging from his pivotal, groundbreaking work at Lucasfilm and Pixar to the exceptional leadership he brought to Pixar and the Walt and Walt Disney Animation over the last twelve years. And we wish him the best in his well-deserved retirement.
1: Absolutely.
0: Uh, you know, it's. I understand it's been a long, great, illustrious career. Right. You know, it's just it's sad to see um, him moving on. Right. Yeah. Uh, if there's anybody who deserves to, you know take that time and you know get some get get away from the game right uh, it's it's definitely him he's brought so much you know along with the people who co-founded uh pixar with him uh, they they've they, they absolutely revolutionized absolutely. Uh, animation. Absolutely, yes. Uh, yes, You, you see all, you know, all these animation out there now. They started it off, and now almost all the animation you see is based on what they did.
1: Absolutely. They really developed it as well. And, you know, um, kind of echoing Bob Iger is that, you know, for us too, that we hope the best for a very enjoyable retirement for him. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, having a, other types of fun in his life. Right. Right
0: of course, you also if you're looking for a book to read, and I know you've been reading this book mm-hmm. a Creati- creativity Inc is cap book, and right. I know you would highly suggest it. yeah,
1: that is a great book, and it gives you a lot of behind the scenes information of how that that um, organization you know, developed and, you know, how they really uh, did some self-reflection after each movie of how to make it better. And it's it's not your typical, oh, performance improvement kind of book. It's really kind of, you know, saying, oh, look, you know, this one group didn't treat this other group very well. And, you know, maybe that was how management actually put emphasis on, you know, whether it be writing or the actual, um Technology portion of it. So it's really an interesting way a company reflecting on itself to say how they can improve making better movies as they move forward.
0: Yeah. So, uh, really great book from what you've told me. I have not read it yet, but I'm looking forward to giving it a crack sometime here in the near future. But uh, mostly, we just want to say thank you very much to Ed Catmull and bringing us so much joy. And uh, we hope that now your retirement uh, years are fantastic. You get to step back and really take in and enjoy all this stuff you did. uh, Really groundbreaking work and changing an industry. And we thank you, thank you, thank you very much for all you've done. Yes. So that's it for my Disney Stories of the Week. And Michelle doesn't have one this week, so I didn't forget. I'm just moving on (laughs) to our vacation tips because Michelle didn't have one. So. Well, you're really
1: emphasizing I didn't have a story. No, I'm just I'm more emphasizing that I didn't forget
0: (laughs) because I know I will get criticized for forgetting, and not by you, but by uh, some of you out there who will remind me that I forgot again. Um, So, uh, no, I'm happy that uh, we we have enough stories as it is. So, yes, Uh, but we do have to get to our vacation tips before we wrap up the show. Every week, of course, uh, we like to wrap up the show with some little tip to help you on your next vacation, whether it be at the parks or whether it be on the cruise line whether it be run disney wh- whatever it may be we kind of like to give you a little tidbit to finish up the show and we always start with the person who gives the best tips <laughs> that is definitely michelle it's definitely uh, not I'm me. looking around the room blue. Is definitely michelle <laughs> plus she is beautiful so uh we always go to michelle first for her tip of the week
1: you're the best baby so um thank you uh my tip is really a couple time saver tips And this will hopefully help give you a little bit more time in the park and time to have more fun. And uh, so the first one is uh, talking like uh, the city hall that a lot of people tend to go there first to get a button whether it be the birthday button or first visit button and those lines can get really terribly long and so just want to let people know that those buttons are actually available in the shops right so if you're you know bringing a, a kid for the first time or somebody's birthday and you want to get one of those buttons I would say you don't have to stand in line at city hall just move on and go to um, the shops and ask for a host or hostess to get that button and do get one of those buttons
0: because, you know, if you're going to Disney, take advantage of it. You're celebrating right. for one shape, way, shape, or form. Uh, really get those buttons because they are, they are memorable. And especially if it's
1: your birthday, everybody will tell you happy birthday that's as right. you're going through. All
0: the cast members and even some of the guests will wish you a happy birthday when exactly. you're there.
1: Exactly. And sometimes there's some pixie dust that spread on you because of that. So, yes, that's a great point, sweetie, to make sure you take care of getting those uh, buttons. Um the next thing is, and it may seem obvious, but every time we go to the park, we look around and we notice this, buy your tickets ahead of time. Uh, the ticket counters, whether you're talking at the Disneyland Resort or the Walt Disney World Resorts, they get very busy, especially in the morning. And the mornings are your best time to get through a lot of things quickly. So to save time, make sure you get your tickets ahead of time and, and avoid having the need to stand in line.
0: And- and sometimes if you are researching it early on, you can actually find some discounts, too, that you may not find if you're buying your tickets on the day of at the uh, actual parks themselves. Right.
1: And we know that there are some times that you do need to be in those lines for something else related to to the ticket. So, um, but if you have the ability to, to purchase your ticket in advance, um, go for it. Um, And then the last time saver tip is access the mom's panel. (laughs) And that, that can really save you time. It can save you time before your trip. If you're trying to get information, you know, you may have a real specific question that you have the need to get some information on. They are the people to go to to get that help. And they can save you tons of time of research time. So access the mom's panel. And I want to give a special shout out to um, the new Moms panelists. Congratulations to all our new uh, Disney Moms Parks panelists. The 2019 Moms panelists have been chosen this week. And so a lot of uh, great people have been added to that. And we really want to shout out and congratulate you and celebrate with you.
0: Yeah, uh, new great group coming in. Uh, for those that are exiting from the 2018 and even years prior to that, uh, we appreciate all the work you've done. You've done such a fantastic job. And for those of you that didn't quite make it this year, your year is coming. Right. Uh, you are all fantastic as well, and we know that uh, you're going to be on that panel someday.
1: Exactly, and we know how hard it is to get that. No, we've all, we've both experienced that in the past, so we can... it be heartbreaking. Yes, yes, so we, we get it, and... Like Tom said, keep trying for another year and continue to, to shed some information on in, in the groups and things like that while you're waiting for that next opportunity. Absolutely. And by the
0: way, if you're looking for the Disney Parks Moms panels that are currently there right now, while uh, Disney World has made it easier with their new uh, their new. Um, website, disneyworld.com, that a lot of that stuff is right there on that site as you're doing vacation planning that you can go right to the Disney Parks uh, mom's panel, so it's a little easier to... access them, you don't have to kind of search out them separately for when you're planning your vacation.
1: That's true. That's a good point. And, you know, you may find that somebody else has asked a similar question, so you might just already have the answer there. Or, like you said, or, like we said, it, it might be something a little bit more obscure that you haven't heard any information on, and they, they'll do their best to get that information for you. Yeah,
0: you can do a quick search there and see if there's something that you're looking for that has already been asked by somebody else. But you can also just ask that question right to them, and believe me, they are there to ask, answer your questions That's what they love to do. So definitely uh, use them to your advantage. Thank you, honey. That is another wonderful tip as always. Actually, it was a group of a few tips there. So very nice. My tip of the week, I'm going to go back to run disney again and i'm going to talk about something we touched on slightly within our 10 run disney race day commandments uh and that is restrooms during a run disney race now you know it's not it's always not fun to be talking about restrooms i mean let's let's be serious (laughs) about this you know it's a little bit okay we really want to talk about bodily functions but it's really important for uh for race day uh because believe me you're gonna need to do it at some point um as much as you can, try and take care of anything you may need to do before you even actually leave your hotel room. Right. If you can take care of any of the business there, take advantage of that chance and do it. However, uh, you are likely going to have to do it out on the course. Um, always take care of the what I, what I call the, not me, but it's well-known, the PRP, which is the pre-race, well, I think you can know what the other P <laughs> yeah. is. Um, uh, take care of that before you... Get out there onto the course as much as possible. You know, and you're going to be waiting in the corrals probably for a while. So try and take advantage of that early on before you get out there. Now, once you get on the course, you may have been waiting for an hour, an hour and a half. You're hydrating, hopefully. You may have to go, and there will be porta potties out there on the course. But if you can hold out a little bit longer, it's it's advantageous for you to do so because you know I mean it's a porta potty no one right. wants to go into a exactly. porta potty no one wants Nobody. to go into a porta potty so uh, the best thing you can do is ahead of time take a look at they always will publish that the digital guide or you can find it online whatever uh, the course map and you can kind of figure out from the course map where some of these restrooms within the parks are right and you kind of get to know the mileage of it so you can kind of decide as you're on the course uh, can I make it to Animal Kingdom. Can I make it to Epcot? Can I make it to this part of Epcot? Can I make it to the studios or whatever? I kind of have an idea because if you do, believe me, you'd rather go into a restroom in the park than one of these porta potties.
1: Right, right, absolutely. And another thing is, you're going to want to make sure with your costume how easy it is to use to go <laughs> to true. the restroom. You don't want to have to take off 1,800 <laughs> different things just right. to you know you
0: go in there and. Uh, Take care of your business. So it's just really important to plan these things out ahead of time. It just will save you a lot in the long run. Yes. uh, Pun intended there. (laughs) Um, But so, I mean, it seems simple. And it could actually, that actually could have been my 11th run Disney race day commandment. But but I just decided to keep it to a perfect 10. That was uh, a great tip, though, because
1: it is important. And it's not something that a lot of people talk about, you know, when you're looking online at different things that they You know, really emphasize that. So that's a very good point. There we go. So it's
0: something maybe you don't think about, but it is really important out there. So that's it for this week. Uh, Next week, we're actually going to a screening of the new Disney Studios film, The Nutcracker in the Four Realms. Mm -hmm. So we'll be seeing that on tuesday uh that will be the 30th of october we'll be seeing that and we will put out some things uh social media wise no spoilers i promise uh social media wise uh in case you're planning on going into the weekend but we'll also be giving you our spoiler free thoughts on the movie next sunday on our next podcast as well
1: right right i'm very much looking forward to that yeah i'm excited to see it. it looks yeah. like a
0: it's a stunning yeah, uh, visual movie from what we've seen from the trailers and stuff so really excited to see that so like i said um, follow if you want to get a an early look at what we think of it uh, follow us on social media on twitter at hyperion podcast facebook and instagram at hyperion adventures podcast and if you want to talk to us if you have uh, anything that you want to discuss with us about what we talked about today if you have your own run disney race day commandment that you'd like to share if uh, your thoughts on any of the stories we went through uh, please email us at Podcast at gmail.com. And like told you just a little bit ago, we finally got our first story published right. this week by WDW News Today. You can look for our stories and all the great stories that they have at WDWNT.com. They also have an app if you want to check out their app. And I know I have it. And notifications just pop up on my phone when there's another story. That's how I first found out about the Marvel uh, Land story. Right. It was uh, through the notification. I got and That's actually how I found out that our story got published. Right, right. It was through the app. So, uh, and thank you again for finding us today. We really appreciate you joining us. If you want to find us in the future, of course, we're on 1057max.com under the Max Plus tab, and we're also on the Max FM app. You can subscribe to us, and our newest episodes will come right to your phone uh, or your uh, device, however you listen to us on iTunes, Google Play Music, and Google Play Podcast. Or, Uh, Google Podcasts, excuse me, Spotify, and Stitcher. Um, And if you get a chance, please just give us a little rating. It's quick. It's easy. You just need to click the stars. Whatever you feel is appropriate, Pipe. Whatever you (laughs) feel is appropriate. Or if you have a little more time want to give us a review, it would help us so much. Uh, Help others just like you find this podcast, uh, people that – you think would enjoy it uh, let them know uh what you think of this podcast and why they might enjoy it
1: right and thank you to those who have already done that and given us some really good feedback that we've taken into consideration we
0: really so, appreciate yes. all of you out there that have done that as we appreciate our whole hyperion adventurer family so, right
1: and the nice feedback that we've gotten we don't uh, we've got some sound critical these but, people yeah. are,
0: people are really nice yeah you know, i mean but they also point out you know every once in a while when we you know, don't get things quite right. And that's important to us because we want to get things as right as possible. And exactly. we also want to share more information on some of these topics with all of our listeners out there. So thank you again for listening to the Hyperion Adventures podcast. We look forward to sharing uh, some time with you again next week. By the way, a very happy Halloween to everybody right. out there. And that's another thing. I'd like to see your Disney related Halloween costumes out there. We saw some pictures from some Halloween stuff that was already happening this right. weekend. OG Hyperion Adventure. Amy, I see you out there. Uh, share your costumes. We're going to be posting our costumes as well on social media this week. I, we've got a fun little mashup we're doing this week. but yes. we, we won't spoil it for you. So, uh, so again, again, please contact us. And we look forward to talking with you again next week. But until that time, I'm Tom. I'm Michelle. And we hope that you have a magical week.